0: And welcome to Going Beyond Results and our new podcast, Thriving, Not Just Surviving. In each episode, I'll be interviewing an experienced educator, someone who's had a wealth of experience working with senior secondary students in the area of pastoral care, um, helping them to achieve the best possible results whilst maintaining that balanced lifestyle and a positive mindset. So join us and let's find out how we can assist students to thrive and not just survive in the senior years. So I'd like to welcome Jane Menwaring um, to our podcast. Uh, welcome, Jane. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. It is fantastic to have you on here. Um, as I have had the pleasure of working with you in the past and, you know, and associating with you, certainly a person who I value, um, particularly in this area that we're talking about, um, helping students to really thrive in those senior years. So just so our listeners are aware, Jay, tell me a little bit about yourself just for their benefits.
1: Okay, so um, my current role is Director of School Culture at the Queensland Academy for Science, Mathematics and Technology. Um, In terms of career history, uh, started out as an English teacher uh, and then went on to be a house dean or head of house as many schools know, particularly if you've been in the private system. A few years ago, state school and the academy wanted to set up a house structure uh, and they wanted to ensure that their pastoral care program was one that was very much aligned with the uh, core values of the international baccalaureate, being an international baccalaureate school. uh, But they also wanted to ensure that we had a very good sense of community and connection. And so they wanted to create a house structure. And so that employed me to come in uh, and do that. So um, my role, yeah, started off that way at the academy
0: and has just grown from there. Okay, and we have got our third, uh, our other guest here today. You might hear in the background my little cat Oscar, who will appear on many of these shows. So thank you, Oscar, for your input. Um, so Jane, the goal with this podcast really is, and and I always have valued you as you know that that pastoral care person and, and how well you did that role. Um, strategies for senior secondary students. Now we don't just want our students to survive in the senior years. Um, much more than that. We're really hoping for that positive experience, you know, so the title of this podcast, Thriving, Not Just Surviving in the Senior Years. Some strategies or some tips or some things that you would pass on to students in your care to absolutely maximise their experience in year 12.
1: Yeah, no worries, Gary. Look, I think, um, you know, particularly in the the, the school I've been at, um, you know, in terms of the Academy for the last few years, I've been lucky enough to be involved in what's external examination. And now, you know, all schools in the state have moved to that um, underneath um, the new QCAA curriculum. And I think potentially one of the things that I think most is most important, sorry, there's my Daisy who's just decided to make herself present. Um, more guests on the show, the better. That's yeah, yeah, it's, it's a zoo, obviously. Um, <laughs> So, look, the, the thing that I probably um, value and the thing that I'd like to pass on, I think particularly to students in the QCAA system that have just joined or, or teachers or parents that are involved in that, is definitely some strategies um, around exams and external examinations. I think a lot of schools uh, became quite nervous um, yeah. when they had to move to a uh, external examination um yeah model um, and it's something that um, my school's been doing for a long time uh, and they're
0: very good at it your school um, is an IB isn't it if, is that correct? it is an, IB, an school. IB school
1: so so potentially you know on average most subjects are 70% exam based and exam weighted and so it's really really important that we teach our students how to be successful when they're undergoing an exam and I guess my top tips for kids or or, or students that are undertaking those exams is some strategies about approaching examinations there's certainly something that they shouldn't be afraid of Uh, it's certainly something that they'll have to experience you know when they go for their driver's license when they go to university when they go anywhere and do anything it's not uncommon to you know have an exam for it. And I think potentially students have been frightened of exams because they feel like they haven't prepared for it or they can't prepare for it. And and potentially in the old state model, they couldn't, but certainly in the model in the IB and the current QCAA, they can prepare for it. And so it is all about preparation. Um, You know, so uh, when we look at exams and we look at, you know, preparation for exams I think the big thing is is that students do practice their revising skills um, you know and there's a number of wonderful strategies out there for how you practice, um you know revision and revision doesn't mean writing down every single word that you've learned um you know revision really is just about writing down key concepts and knowing that those key concepts will will come to you in an exam and then you'll you'll go through the process and it really doesn't matter what subject you're in um is what i've discovered in 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 preparing students for the ib exams um so so i think revision has got to be key um, to part of whatever schedule a student puts together uh it's no good revising a week before an exam and having okay. two years worth good. of content i was gonna ask <laughs> yep. how far before is it, this it, you, yeah you you can't you can't revise you also won't retain the information no. um you know a lot of people um have for example uh, you know i i'm, I'm not a math teacher, but worked with lots of math teachers in the IB, it's, it reminds me very much of learning a musical instrument. You must practice it, it is a skill. Yeah. You don't practice it, you lose it. And so I think knowledge is a little bit the same. Um, and so, when you're putting together your structure for how you might study, revision needs to be a weekly part of that. Yeah. Um, and whether or not that that's a concept or whether or not that's a unit, you know, is entirely up to the subject. So, um, but revision is key. Um, and so the you're other thing
0: that, that revision, and earlier, not leaving it to the last minute. So, revision cramming, revision, having no. a process in place over the long term term you won't retain it you won't retain the
1: knowledge you know I have students in high level biology where a lot of it is just basically knowing the information and being able to regurgitate the the words the languages in an exam for example and you can't learn that in a week Um, that's something that you've got to revise and and you go over and I mean when you think about it it, you know essentially it's it's two years nearly two years worth of knowledge that you need to retain Um, and you can't retain two years worth of knowledge in a week it's impossible Mm. Um, so you know one of the key strategies that that I discuss particularly with students that find themselves on on academic probation and look Gary, I work with a lot of students that um, have always been super successful without having to study. Yes. And so I think for those students, it's actually harder. I think if you've just been able to wing it and get good grades and move yes. along, I think a lot of those students find it really, really difficult in year 11 and 12 because the stakes have changed you know, and the learning has changed. And so they have to adapt. And it's, it's it, unfortunately for them, it's it's something that they haven't had to practice. That's right. Um, well, they
0: haven't developed that technique or that of reminding. No, They've got yeah. by on natural ability.
1: Natural ability. And, and natural ability will only get you so far. Um, and, and, um, look, I I deal with a lot of students and a lot of parents where students have really crashed and burned after their first lot of, um, Mm exam or practice exams because they've always been able to get by on natural ability and you know, um, they, you know you, you, there might be a very small percentage that are very lucky to still be able to do that but those students that want to retain, you know, obtain higher grades or, or maintain the grades that they've been getting have to go into a different process and that's that's really hard because it, it actually is yeah. like a ha- it, studying is a habit it's got to be a ritual it's got to be something that you do that works for you whatever that looks like um, and you need to, to maintain that ritual and you need to maintain that habit because um, you, you know you, you just can't rely on the cramming, cramming um, or, or natural ability uh, particularly if you're doing those
0: high-end subjects. Um, okay, so so yeah. putting in place long term study plan that includes some revision, so you're building up and and repeatedly embedding. Um, yep, rather than just that last minute cramming. So that, that that's great Ab- strategy. You know. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And you know that that's that's absolutely imperative. I think it's also really good to understand that you that you know students know the difference between what their strengths are and what their goals are. Mm-hmm. Um. So the idea that, you know, there's certain areas or personal strengths that they have, um, but they also need to have a look at, you know, what are their goals and whether or not those strengths actually can work in in setting their goals or whether or not they have to actually develop some strengths in some other areas or or something that they have to work on. Keeping in mind that your strengths is something that you can naturally do well, where your goals are not always something where you have that strength that will support it and so again you have to practice that you have to learn how to do that
0: things that you um, not just call on what's naturally there
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, for example, a couple of things that I would suggest to students um, is, you know, if you're sitting down and you're in a, a learning state or a revision state, if you can't answer a question, if you see it on a piece of paper, and and obviously this is nothing to do with an exam situation. This is preparing for an ex, you know an exam yeah. or, or retaining knowledge. If you can't work out a mathematical equation, say in half an hour, just say it's a complex question you can't answer it so don't give it any more time don't sit there anymore and and ruminate over that what you need to do is actually highlight the question uh highlight the part that you got wrong and you take that and physically show your teacher where you were stuck because i think a lot of students are not very good at articulating where they've gotten stuck and I think particularly in subjects like maths and science if you show a teacher exactly a maths and science teacher exactly what's highlighted that you didn't get they'll very quickly be able to identify what building block you missed so that you can't why you didn't and how to to fix that. So rather than you spending, you know, a student spending hours ruminating over the fact that they couldn't that's get right. a question and asking five different friends and, you know, highlight it, take it to the expert, take it to the teacher that'll know and they'll help you work it out um, rather than try to articulate it.
0: Yeah, that's actually a skill that needs to be developed in our students as well. That skill of going and asking for help. Yeah. Particularly yep. if you have been a high achiever and you haven't needed to ask for help, Yeah. suddenly, yep i've got to go and seek help is that a sign of weakness suddenly you know th- there's a whole lot of other things so i mean actually teaching our students and having them learn how to develop that skill of putting the hand up, of going and yep. booking a time to talk to the teacher out of class hours or wherever yep. it happens to be,
1: and and you're a hundred percent right, Gary. And whether or not you're sitting in a classroom full of high other high achieving kids, or whether or not you're just sitting in a, in a you know a classroom, um, you know with a mixed ability, if if you can't answer that question, and and teachers probably have been saying this for decades, there will be somebody else that can't do yeah. that as well. That's right. Um, and so, to extend and ask a question is, is not a sign of weakness or not a sign of not being intelligent. Um, and it's nothing to be fearful of. If we didn't ask questions about things that went on in the world, we would we would know nothing. That's because right. obviously, the people that you know, the scientists and the mathematicians and the creators of all things, at some stage had to question things, and they also got things wrong. That's right. Um, and so, actually, learning to You know, strategies and skills to accept when you are not 100% perfect um, is a very important skill, Uh, and it's a very important skill to to learn as a young person and take with you into you know adult and adulthood. And I guess that's part of a coping strategy. Um, You know, if you don't do well on an exam, instead of looking at it as something where you've gone really wrong um, and you're stupid and you couldn't get it right, have a look at what strategies that you can actually put in place to be able to work on achieving better next time. Um, instead of thinking of it as a completely negative thing, think, okay, well, what what's happened here is they've just pointed out areas which I need to improve. I didn't know I had to answer that question that way or, um, yeah, so I, I think changing that mindset, I think, um, I'd like to think our younger generations are much better in learning coping strategies okay. because we talk about it so much and, and we work on it so much in schools. Yes. Um, and there's lots of help out there. I think potentially still parents in, in, in you know, generations at the moment with teenagers didn't have that. No. Um, and so they might find that a little bit more difficult to help support their yep. students. Um, And I think that's one thing that I have students come to me quite often um, and say that their parents um, are not supporting them in the way that they want them to um, or that they need them to. And I think that's just that's part of this whole, you know, understanding, um, you know, positive psychology and positive emotions and how to articulate emotions. And, you know, there are still generations that are, are learning how to do that. Um,
0: Definitely. and I think
1: we need to be mindful of that, and, and um, yeah.
0: Yep, it is, and it's, it's about developing those attitudes, you know, and yep. you know, something we need to continually work on with the students, yep. and be bringing back in, and these are skills that are certainly not going to serve in a year 11 and 12 classroom, but on into university or into the workplace. Absolutely, because life, it's coping strategies for life, because nope. you
1: will be challenged. You know, you will be challenged, um, you, that you wouldn't, you, will, you would never live in a world or a, for a lifetime where there's not going to be some sort of sense of conflict or disappointment or failure. Um, yeah. it, it doesn't exist. Um, and so if you can learn strategies to, I guess, um, you know, minimize the negative effects that that has on your world and on you, um, then that's a wonderful thing Um, and and some of the strategies that are out there are the simplest of strategies Uh, it's it's not like it's any great sort of rocco science Um, it is more just about um, you know what are some of the what are some of the simple strategies that I can put into my life that will make you know um, me better in in situations where I I do need to learn to cope you know it's like I have kids that are that tell me that they're highly anxious about going into an exam well I'm not surprised because there's a bit weighing on it you know that that's 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 not surprising um You know, and I know that, you know, some of the younger ones when they come in and you do breathing activities with them, for example, and and they think it's hocus pocus. Um, But but the actual physiological response of the body when you start to do a few deep breaths in and then even slower breaths out before you start an exam lowers your heart rate. So the second your heart rate lowers your brain actually kicks in and can actually concentrate on that rather than the anxiety or the fact that your heart's racing. And and that is that 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 is actually science.
0: That is actually what our bodies do. Um, so that's a physical response. Yeah. And, and I think it's really important. I mean, if we're putting in place those those techniques you know, that you need to be yep. practicing them beforehand, I mean, yep. don't walk in and say, oh, well, if I get into the exam, I'm gonna do this. Practice that. Make it a part yep. of your study of your homework routine. Yep. You know, so yeah. as I get ready to study, what am I going to do? Okay, yep. I'm going to do this, this, and this. Maybe it's some yep. spare breathing or something like that that I'm going to do before yep. each one. Visualise yep. whether you have some sort of an affirmation you say to yourself before you start. Puts that positive yep. mindset, you know, um, I've done the work, I'm ready to go. You know, yeah, it to and, and- breathing. Yeah,
1: and there's a couple of really simple ones that, and not every, you know, not every technique works for every student, and I appreciate that. Um, probably the simplest techniques that I think are out there in terms of approaching an exam, um, and it works for, I would say, most students I've come across that would would say that they have some anxiety when they go and do exams is absolutely some sort of breathing. It's just the first minute or two that you're in there. Um, to calm your nerves, to lower your heart rate. Um, And the second one that I find most students um, respond to really well is what we call banking. So it's the idea that you go in and you look through an exam and you just bank a few of your easy questions. And once you see something that's in an exam that you could answer, um, that's relatively easy for you. And it's not on page one, it could be on page six you have a little bit more confidence that you can do the exam. So the idea is is that you do your breathing, in your perusal you have a look for the questions that you want to bank, you bank a few of those questions and then then you're on your way. You, get on, um, you, you get on a roll, you you feel a bit more confident. Second, you've got that little bit of confidence, then anything then that becomes more challenging, you, you're already in that, that mind space, I well. guess, where you go, I can do this, I've done this subject before and I've already got 10 marks cracked here. Yeah. So, you know, I'm on my way. And And it's just, it's the daunting feeling, I think, of going into an exam, you do your breathing and you think you've got to start on page one. Um, and, and move your way through. And yet, you know, if you're looking at before, like I said, what are your strengths and what are your goals? Well, your strengths might be a certain area um in in maths and you know for example or english or whatever it may be and so you bank that you you go okay well i'll be able to go through a piece of prose and quite easily find um you know your your basic punctuation and uh you know writing techniques language techniques so i'll circle a few of those and then once you start getting into that and you feel confident that you've got some idea it's amazing then how you lose i guess that sense of what's going on around you, the sense of time in the exam, and hopefully that'll help you get into your flow, um, which is ultimately what you want in the yeah. exam.
0: That's, that's um, fantastic and that's, advice. And your students are obviously blessed to have you, you know, passing these things on, on to you. For parents. So yes. a lot of parents out there who are trying to support their students through these difficult years. Um, yep. I know we've both been in the situation where we've experienced parents who have been too supportive and too over the top. The, yep. You know, um, yeah. Those helicopter parents, the lawnmower parents yep. that we talk about from there. But yep. parents out there who are trying to do the right thing to support, what advice would you be giving them, students who oh, look, into year 12?
1: I think it's really, really difficult um, for students, uh, you know, for, uh, sorry, for parents or students going into year 12, because I think we probably have looked at it at, at a... Uh, I guess lifestyle choices and things like that where parents have tried to provide everything they can for their students and unfortunately you know they can't sit the exam for them Um, one of the biggest things I do say to parents is you can't be too invested if you're too invested your student doesn't need to be invested because you are so the balance of investment then is is different and, and I'm, I'm not saying that's for every, every student, but I see a lot of parents that are very, very invested in their students doing well. Um, and so over support them with homework and over support them with assignments and things like that. And ultimately that balance of investment shifts a little bit. Um, because the kid goes, why do I have to worry about it? Um, you know, and I've also been in interviews with parents where, where they haven't, the parent hasn't done so well on that piece of assessment. <laughs> and they're very upset. They're very worried about it. And I understand, you know, the kids are in a classroom where they get lots of feedback um, about assessment and about work, um, whether or not it be verbal or whether or not it be written. So if you really want to help them, I think, ask them about the feedback they were given. Yes. Ask them to show you and go through the process of what, where they went in the exam. And rather than make it a complete post-mortem of the exam, go through and go, okay, well, you know, this is where they've told me to use this strategy or this is what they've suggested here, or this is what they're looking at here. And actually, when, when students get to articulate back what feedback they've been given, they take it in better. Yes. Um, if you just read it or look at a number, uh, it, it doesn't mean very much, you know. I can say you got thirty out of forty. Well, it's just a number. If you actually took away the number and said, "Okay, I want to as your parent now, I want you to talk me through. Well, how? What does this criteria mean, and how do you get it? You'll find that your student will actually start to process that, and yes. so they'll actually start to process it. And in fact, you'll probably frustrate the bejeebies out of them, because you're asking questions and getting them to articulate something that you don't know, because you're not in the classroom, you're not working with that criteria. And so you'll ask them those questions and they'll feel frustrated because they have to learn to articulate it. And once they learn to articulate it, they actually take it on board because they're coming from a different angle.
0: I think that's incredibly powerful. And the words you've used there a few times is to be asking them questions. You know, not talking, yes. you know, but asking the questions no. and nice open-ended questions where they need to be providing the yeah. information, and and that's that's fantastic. They will start processing at a deeper level when they've yeah. got to explain it back to their parents why it's going. Absolutely,
1: on. yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Um, because I think one of one of the biggest things that I found, particularly with those students that you really want to stretch right at the very top of their grades, is that. You know, some sometimes the only way to get them to that stretch it's 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 not studying for longer hours or or anything like that. That that that's not going to to necessarily work. What is going to necessarily work, and this is this is what I've found with with groups, is when they have to teach somebody that same concept or that same idea or explain it, and that's when that higher, you know, order thinking comes into it because it's not just something that they're doing; it's something that they're working with somebody else mm. to understand. So we have a lot of alumni tutors that, that did really well, but they've found that they understand the concepts or the subjects much better mm. since they've had to explain it. They've also said it's extremely difficult to explain it. Um, and so because, it's, because you, you learn to know it, but then it's a lot of the exams now are about application. And yep. how you apply it, and it's the application part where you've got to be able to explain it. And I think that's something where, People in a written assessment, yeah. it is. It is that it that's how you tweak those top grades. Because in a piece of assessment, you know, when you hand in an assignment, you get feedback, and then you can hand it back in. In an exam, you've got to be able to do that application without feedback. So that's how you start to do that.
0: Fantastic. Jane, that's just been absolutely wonderful today. Um, As I've said, I I value your experience as a pastoral care person. I've truly enjoyed working with you in the past and admire everything you do in the area of pastoral care. And, you know, Director of School Culture sounds like a a perfect role for someone with your skills (laughs) and um, your experience. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for talking Gary. to us. No
1: worries.
0: And, um, and best of luck to all those Year 12 students and their parents. <laughs> yes, yes. And for the students who've just finished Year 12 and heading into university as well, I mean, that's something yeah. we need to focus on as well because the scaffolding that's been there in Year 12, yeah, not so much when you get to university, a lot more freedoms as well. So balancing those things. So yeah, finished Year 12, heading then onto university, take those skills and all that support you've been provided. Absolutely, absolutely. And remember back to the structures. Even if
1: you didn't think that you valued them, when you actually find them, yourself in a situation where you're navigating it by yourself, go back and have a think at what you got nagged about because that's the structures and that's the things that's that we're fantastic. trying to get you to put in place.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> again, Jane, thank you so very much. All no the Gary. For 2021 and look forward you to talking too. to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.